All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Playbook. My name is Paul. As always, this is episode 19, so we're coming up on 20, which is a big milestone if you ask me. Uh, the surroundings might look a little different today. That's because we just moved to our new office over here in Pasco County. If you don't know, um, you know, Real Estate Playbook is associated with the brokerage 54 Realty. I've talked about it many times before. Uh, we've grown a lot over the past year, so we need a little bit of a size upgrade, and this office is pretty nice. It probably looks pretty bare from where you're sitting right now, but uh, next episode it might look a little different. So my guest today is uh, somebody who I've known for a little while. We uh, kind of grew up in the same area, which is funny, and um, he's uh, been with the brokerage for a little while now. Uh, my guest is Austin Hammer. How are you, sir? Hi there. Thank you, Paul, for uh, having me on here today. I'm uh, looking forward to talking with you and just discussing some different real estate trends. It should be fun. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you. So, Austin, we always start these the same way, which is basically for the people out there that don't know you. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got your start in real estate. Yeah, sure. So, um, so I am actually only 23 um, I started doing real estate about a year and a half ago, give or take, um, and joined 54 Realty uh, last October. So came up on um, a year just a couple months ago, and um, basically a little bit about me. I went to Florida State University for my undergrad as well as my master's, um, and I actually graduated with my undergrad in May 2020, and then I uh, got my master's degree, which I graduated in um, August of 2021. And um, basically, I originally planned to do some sort of commercial real estate. Um, that was the goal. I actually have my undergrad in finance and real estate. Um, so that's kind of what I expected to do. Um, but when I graduated in May of last year, that was pretty much during the spike of COVID. And that kind of put everything to a halt. I applied to, I want to say, 20 to 25, 30 different positions all over Florida. And I didn't really have too much luck. Um, so the next step for me was to then figure out some sort of other way to make some money. Um, I did, you know, want to get into um, doing my master's. So I actually applied to doing my MBA with FSU. And then during that period, I also uh, was doing my real estate license uh, course, the 64 hour course through Florida, um, or Tampa School of Real Estate. And so but long story short, um, I did my master's while I was kind of doing um, residential real estate, and it sort of became um, my career. I decided that, you know, it was going so well that I would like to do um, residential real estate full time. Um, so that's pretty much a little bit about me. So you're the first one that's ever actually brought this up, Austin, which is kind of funny, which is um, the test itself. So how difficult was that? Because I know several people that have had to take it quite a, quite a number of times. So I actually failed it. Um, <laughs> I failed it one time. I, I drove all the way to Sarasota to take the exam, the, uh, the state exam, um, which is proctored and uh, unfortunately failed it, which um, I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty hard test. You have to put in some effort into studying. Um, and so I, I think what I did after I failed the first time is I did a Tampa School real estate prep course, um, which is about a 10 hour course. And after that, I knew the material a lot better, went and took it, um, passed it my second time, 
which is good. Um, but I do know many people fail it, you know, one, two, three different times. And I mean, it's, it's a pretty hard, uh, hard test, I'd say. Yeah, I'd have to. I mean, I've never seen it myself, but I have to agree. And uh, I can't knock those people because I failed my driver's test twice before I got my license. So, you know, there are varying degrees of difficulty for those things, but I can relate. Um, right, right. So Austin, talking about education, and obviously, you know, you've, you've, you're a pretty educated guy, you got your MBA as well as your bachelor's. Um, it's not very often that I encounter or talk to somebody who not only is in the field of real estate, the career of real estate, but also is educated in real estate. So I'm wondering if at all uh, your education at FSU has influenced, you know, how you operate in your day to day career, or if it doesn't at all, maybe you could shed some light on that. Yeah, yeah. I like I pretty much tell every, um, you know, friend that ever um, asked me about getting into real estate, I pretty much tell them the same thing. So um, the real estate degree definitely helps. Um, it it kind of gave me a little bit more experience um, with, you know, solving computational for mortgages, uh, just pretty much helped me with the number side of things when it comes to helping buyers and sellers, Um calculating their, like I said, calculating their mortgage, um, figuring out, you know, what exactly is needed um, to get from the start to the finish line. Um, and then um, I pretty much tell everyone, I mean, you do not need a degree to get into residential real estate, but it will definitely help um, with a real estate, real estate undergraduate degree. Um, you're actually able to skip um, the you're able to skip the 64 hour class entirely. Um, you're not actually able to skip the state exam. You still have to do that, which uh, takes a lot of study. You might as well do the 64 hour ex uh, course to pass that exam the first try. Um, so you, you, definitely, um, you definitely don't need the degree, but it can help um, with that. And then the post-licensing course, I think I was able to skip as well. Um, so I think, I mean, I used the degree to an extent, um, and then I ended up going and getting my master's because um, like I had mentioned, I couldn't find a job. Um, so I thought I might as well do the master's. And by the time I graduate, you know, COVID will start to slow down a little bit. So it sounds like it's mostly like hard skills, like you were saying, like accounting stuff, computational stuff. Obviously, exactly. yeah, obviously there's another side that comes in when you are a real estate agent, which is the soft skills, which is, you know, talking to people. A certain aspect of it is, um, you know, sales skills, that sort of thing. So I guess I'm just curious because, um, you know, we'll get into this a little bit more in a little while, but you're, you've done pretty well for yourself uh, in the career so far. The soft skills side of things, did you work in sales or anything like that before real estate or does that something that you just kind of picked up relatively quickly? Yeah. So um, actually my first, I want to say two years of college, each summer I worked at Publix. So I was able to get a little, little bit of sales experience doing that. Um, you know, just talking to customers, managers, that definitely helped. Um, being in college, you know, I, I went to several different networking events, uh, did some traveling, um, an internship. I think that all helped kind of build, uh, I guess, if you, if you will, my sales skills. Because um, as, a, as a kid, I wasn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the most uh, outgoing. I was a little bit shy. Uh, once I got to college, that kind of helped spur my interest in sales. And I knew that I wanted to do some sort of sales um, for work. And um, so my junior year of college, I actually did an internship with um, a Fortune 500 company called Regency Centers. Um, a lot different than what I'm doing now. I actually helped um, basically maintain um, 
the company's tenants for their shopping centers. They own a bunch of shopping centers all over the U.S. Um, so I did that for about two months. Um, that helped me kind of, uh, like I said, spur my interest in real estate. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think um, I think I would say that um, my experience throughout the years doing uh, different sales positions that helped me getting into residential real estate. For sure. Um, before I get into some of the other questions, Austin, you touched on something that I've been interested in recently, which is, um, you know, towards the beginning, you mentioned this, you had an interest in commercial real estate. And um, the last episode I did was with Dennis, who for the brokerage runs our uh, commercial division. So I'm just curious, now that you have like more experience in the residential side of things, are you at all interested in doing commercial still? Because the way Dennis explained it to me is, you know, commercial real estate can be very black and white, very cut and dry. There's not a lot of emotion involved. It's very numbers driven, whereas residential is a lot more emotion driven. You know, you're helping families, et cetera. So does that still interest you at all now that you've dealt with the residential side more so? It does. It does. And, and you know, I've, I've done both. So I know what you're talking about. That's very true. How residential is emotion based, um, not near as much profit loss numbers based. Um, but I would like to get into commercial again, um, you know, as a real estate agent, I'd like to do, you know, the buying and selling of commercial real estate, but I also would like to start purchasing, you know, if I can get a duplex, triplex, start investing myself, that would be also a goal of mine. Um, because I think commercial, I mean, there's so much money to be made. If you can own a triplex and you live in one of the units and then you rent out the other two, I mean, that's just passive income. You can make a ton of money doing that. Um, and then I'd like to do it like I said, on the sales side of things as well, representing sellers and buyers. Um, but it is a little more, it's a little more cut and dry. Uh, with commercial real estate, you're really solely looking at the profit and, you know, what goes into, um, you know, your monthly income statements uh, rather than with residential, it's, it's a family buying a house, you know, they, they're going to, they're willing to pay what they have. Um, so it is, it is a lot different. Um, but I would like to do both at some point. I don't see why not. I think every real estate agent should want to do both. So it sounds like your background would help too, as far as the, the number side of the commercial portion goes, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So Austin, I had an interesting question for you. And uh, you and I were talking about this before we started recording. But, um, you know, you and I are around the same age, 23 and 24. And what that means is you are the youngest person that I've had on this show so far, aside from myself, I suppose. So um, I wanted to ask you, you know, you've been in the career for a while now, and um, I'm sure you encounter all different kinds of people, whether it be clients or, you know, appraisers, whatever, whoever it might be that you're working with. Being so young, you're not that young, you know, but younger, um, have you encountered any sort of like um, objections or anybody maybe treating you differently or anything like that? And the reason I ask is because in my previous job, you know, I was working at a car dealership and I was the youngest person in my office. I was managing some people that were older than me and with clients and with people that I worked with. Maybe this is just my own perception, but sometimes I felt like, you know, people underestimate you, that sort of thing. So I'm wondering if you've uh, encountered any of that. Yeah. So when I first started, I really did. Um, I wouldn't say feel out of place, but I really, it really did hit me that I was the young guy, you know, I was the youngest person, I think in the brokers and at 54, uh, when I first joined last October, uh, of 2020, sorry. Um, so it definitely hit me when I first joined, I was like, I would, you know, been feeling like, 
you know, I wasn't very knowledgeable. Um, when I did meet with clients, I felt a little bit like they didn't judge me in the correct manner. They felt like just because I was young, maybe, um, maybe it affected the way I was going to work with them and handle their transaction. Um, and that's with every, every job. I feel like, you know, if you're young, uh, you know, you kind of have to work your way up the totem pole. I mean, that's pretty much how it goes with every position. And, um, but as I started doing more and more transactions, becoming more comfortable with how I would talk to clients, um, they started to really not necessarily look at my age. They would just look at how I treated them, um, how I worked for them, you know, whether that was being uh, really quick to answer them, answer phone calls at 11 o'clock at night. Um, they saw that, you know, they saw my, my worth rather than looking at my, my age. Um, so I'd say for, for any person or any, anyone looking to get into real estate, that's young, don't be scared. I mean, you're, you're obviously, it's going to be a learning curve. Um, people may look at you, you know, differently because you're younger, but over time, you're going to become more confident. Um, you're going to learn the ropes of, from older real estate agents, and you'll know how to handle transactions to where, no one will, will care that you might be 23 or 22. Um, so that's kind of my experience so far with it. Um, there's actually a couple real estate agents that are younger than I am in the brokerage. And um, I've kind of guided them um, up to the point where they are today. And I mean, it's true for everyone. I think I, it, when you first join any position, um, you know, you're going to feel like you're a little bit out of place if you're younger, but um through time, you'll, you'll become more confident. So for sure. So you mentioned that having younger, uh, you know, real estate agents at our brokerage, and this might be a dumb question, but you have to be 18 to, to get your license, right? Or is it older than that? I think it's 18. Okay. Yeah. I just asked because I'm like, I, I imagine being like fresh out of high school or something. And then suddenly being a real estate agent, that sounds super intimidating, but anyway, so Austin, the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, is, your career itself. So you said October, 2020, you joined the brokerage. Is that right? Yes, correct. And, um, you know, usually I do this at the beginning, but I'm going to your horn a little bit. So for those of you that don't know, Austin, he's consistently in the top 10, top, whatever it might be at our brokerage. You're, you're pretty high volume agent. So my question for you is in a relatively short amount of time, you've had quite a bit of success. Is there anything that you would attribute that to well, I mean, I, I talk every day to um, some of the younger agents, like I mentioned, about strategies that I use. Um, I would say there's no real right way or wrong way to, you know, strategize and get offers accepted. But I have sort of figured out um, a good way to get offers accepted. And it just really goes back to what we had mentioned, uh, being personable with your clients, being personable with the seller's agents, if you're well, assuming you're working on the buy side um, and vice versa on the sell side, I think it really just comes down to communication and that will help you further your career as a real estate agent. Um, for example, so when I first started um, in residential real estate, when I would write an offer for a client, I would kind of just blindly submit an offer over to the seller's agent or listing agent. I didn't really know what the best strategy was. So I just thought, you know, write up the offer for what the client tells me, uh, submit it over to the listing agent and just kind of see what happens. That's what I did for about probably the first four or five, six months um, of when I first started. And I was realizing why am I not getting offers accepted 
Um, like some of these older agents, what am I doing wrong? Why am I constantly getting beat out? It actually took me, I'd say about three months before I got my first contract or offer accepted. Um, and I slowly figured out a reason for it. Um, the reason is because I had just completely submitted these offers blind. I didn't really put the effort in to call the listing agent and, and pick their brain, see what the sellers are, are wanting at a bare minimum. You know, what, what kind of price are they looking to get for their house? Um, you know, are there any contingencies that they do want or they don't want? I, I started asking the listing agent, seller's agents questions um, picking their brain and just kind of seeing what, you know, what we need to get accepted. What do I need to get my buyer's offer accepted? Um, and also by doing that, by communicating with the listing agent that, you know, that can sway them to want to choose your offer and, and convince their seller to pick your off offer over, you know, 20 other different offers. And so once I started doing that, um, it really did change the way my real estate career had picked up. I mean, it, it started making it to the point where I rarely get beat out, you know, when I submit an offer, just because I'm being personable, I, I figure out what the seller wants. That's pretty much um, what I've been doing over the past few months. Um, obviously, it's a little bit different on the seller side. That's a whole different ball game. Um, but I've dealt with mostly and worked with mostly buyers for the past um, year and a half. So, um, that's pretty much what I've been doing to get my offers accepted. Um, I use a couple different strategies on the sell side as well, just to, to be able to get um, to gain listings um, and that sort of thing. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, every agent does it differently. Um, but I'd say that's a good strategy for new agents just to really be as personal as you can. Um, with your buyers, it's also great to, you know, ask them, what are you most comfortable with? Um, you know, give me your highest and best. What is, you know, the absolute highest and best you'd be able to offer just so that you know what kind of threshold you're working with, rather than saying, all right, hey, submit the offer for this price, you know, at asking price, and then you don't really know if you're ever going to get accepted. You have to work with both sides. So, um, that's what I've been doing. I mean, it has been working pretty well this past year. Um, so yeah, Paul. Makes sense, man. So you, um, you know, you're talking about the difficulty of getting an offer accepted. seems like you've worked out a pretty good strategy and I want to talk more about that in a second, but before we move into that, um, a question or a theme rather that I encounter a lot in these episodes when talking to people about their successes, um, is the importance of a mentor. So Correct me if I'm wrong, your team leader at the brokerage is Chris, right? That's correct. Now, Chris has been on here before. Some people know her, some people might not, but Chris is probably top two, if not number one, agent at our brokerage as far as volume production goes. She's been in the career for quite some time, and it seems like she kind of uh, has it all figured out, so to speak. So I'm wondering as well uh, how much that influenced you know, your decision-making um, you know, your skills, your career, that sort of thing, having a mentor who has so much experience and insight to offer. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris has been a big part of my real estate career thus far. Um, she was my team leader from the day I joined the brokerage. And if I ever had a question, um, she would pretty much answer every phone call, every text, no matter the time she would answer at 11 o'clock at night, if I called her <laughs> and I needed to get an offer accepted. And I really do think she's played probably the biggest part of, um, in my success, 
Um, and back to going, what I was talking about with getting these offers accepted, she did tell me, you know, how, some of these different strategies to use and what she does. And, um, I used her strategies and kind of molded into my own and just to figure out how to get offers accepted, um, how to narrow down your, your buyer's criteria, how to not waste your time as a real estate agent. Um, so I think having a mentor is definitely one of the most important things you can do as a real estate agent. Um, at Keller Williams, that's the brokerage that I had first started with. Um, I didn't really have a good mentor to start. Um, so by joining 54 and immediately being partnered with Chris as my mentor and having Joe and Rose and the whole team um, to call and ask questions, you know, that definitely helps. That definitely helps to really get you going as fast as possible. Um, so I think for a new agent, having someone to call at 11 o'clock at night is the biggest thing you can um, do to benefit yourself, um, as well as watching YouTube videos, courses. I also, uh, what did I do? I, I think I watched a couple different YouTube videos of just, you know, how to draft up contracts. Um, the brokerage has some resources that I had used to, um, to learn the best skills, how to draft contracts, write offers, all that good stuff. So, um, but yeah, Paul, Chris, and um, the whole team at 54 has helped me pretty much master the art of um, writing contracts, um, how to show homes, how to do listing agreements. And uh, I wouldn't be here without the team. So glad to hear it, man. So back to your uh, point about, you know, getting offers uh, accepted and that sort of thing. Another thing we talk about on here is uh, the market itself. So for as long as you've been an agent, pretty much we've been in this sort of seller's market. Is that right? That's right. So I'm just wondering if you can offer any insight into how the conditions have affected your career, if it's in any way uh, shaped, you know, the way that you do business or anything like that. I just like to get a glimpse into how different people deal with, you know, the craziness of it all. Sure. And I, I think, you know, many people have their different opinions on the market. Um, people have said over the past two years that it's going to slow down and it obviously really hasn't slowed down at all. Um, you know, I even... I even talked to different clients when I first started in what, end of 2020. And um, some of them told me, I want to wait. I want to wait maybe six to eight months. I want to wait a year. And, and I told them, I, I really don't think it's going to change too much. And some of them have called me telling me that, you know, I wish I would have bought with you, you know, when we first met. And um, so I think the market, it's, it's still really strong. If you are wanting to sell, it is a great time. I think buying is also... Uh, you know, a, a benefit to, to uh, many people right now, just because interest rates are still pretty low. I have started to see interest rates are on the rise again, um, ever so slowly, but I think they're going to go back up. However, I don't think the market is going to change so drastically that, you know, we're going to see a big drop off or anything like 2008. Um, when I first started in the end of 2020, um, I noticed I didn't get into as many multiple offer situations. I mean, it, the market was definitely starting to really get hot towards fall 2020. Um, but I noticed 2021, it was even hotter. I mean, I'd show up to certain houses with my buyers and there'd be 20 people waiting in line to see the house. Um, and I think it just progressively became even hotter throughout the end of 2021. So it's hard to say what's going to happen. I don't know if the market is going to slow down at all. Um, I don't know if it's going to crash at all. Um, but I think, you know, there's no good, uh, there's no 
best opportunity to time the market. I don't think as a buyer, you should try to time the market. I don't think even as a seller, I don't think you should try to time the market. Um, you just need to take into uh, concern of, you know, how much money you have, how much money you want to spend, um, limit yourself. Um, so I think any time is a good time to buy. Um, was it you that posted on Facebook about um, if you had bought with me in this month of whatever year? Let me rephrase that. I think I did. I did make a Facebook yeah. post about just not trying, you know, tell people to not time the market because yeah. I've had, like I said, I've had clients call me and say, Austin, I wish I would have bought more with you, you know, a year ago because then I'd have a hundred grand in equity. I mean, they, I, everything is appreciated so much. Um, so it, I, I don't think that um, you should try to wait or, you know, time it at all. So and that's but I why did make a Facebook it. post. Yes. Yeah. And I think it was like, uh, this is how much money you've lost basically by waiting. Yes. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, discriminate or bash anybody but i think i think you know several people have called me several friends in fact uh who i have under contract right now have, you know told me they regret waiting a couple extra months so yeah pretty much so i don't think you're discriminating or bashing in fact it, it's pretty useful information that you're providing because it's like this is how much you know quote unquote you've lost so far if you wait even longer hey man who knows what'll happen right if you would have bought uh, this condo for X amount last January of 2021, and you sold it now, you would probably have made about 70 grand. You know, that's what I tell yeah. some, that's what I tell people, you know, it, it's just, it's hard to time the market. So. Yeah, I agree. I have family members that bought at in like February of last year, I want to say, and already they've seen ridiculous amounts of appreciation. So I have to agree with you there, man. And I even want to buy, I want to buy myself right now. I'd like to purchase an investment property for myself. Um, hopefully within the next year, give or take, um, depending on if I get a pre-approval or not, since I've been a real estate agent for about a year and a half, um, I should be able to soon. Um, and I really, I, ideally, I don't want to wait another year to buy. Cause like I said, I think the market's going to stay hot. I think it's a great time to buy interest rates are still low. Um, so that's pretty much where I'm at right now. So people, if you're on the fence, now's the time. Yesterday was probably a better time, but now's also the time. <laughs> right, right. So, Austin, that's all good information, man. I got just a couple more questions before I let you go. Kind of the same ones that we always use to round out the episode here. So, this is an interesting one. Um, if you hadn't chosen real estate as your career, so maybe you'd have to go back to pre-college even. But if you could choose something else to do, what would you see yourself doing? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've looked at different avenues of uh, sales. My dad actually did medical sales for many years. So that was one avenue I looked at. Um, like I mentioned, I looked at commercial real estate. I had a little bit of experience in commercial real estate. So, um, you know, that was something I was really interested in. I've looked at pretty much every different type of sales position, um, medical sales. I've looked into doing logistics, um, pretty much everything that is sales-based. And I think I would have gone into either medical sales or commercial real estate. Um, I like the ability to kind of be on your own schedule um, as I am now as a real estate agent. Um, it's nice being able to, you know, wake up, check your calendar. If you have to show homes on a Monday um, all day, you can allot your entire, you can allot your entire Monday to showing homes and then take off the next two days if you don't have any business. Um, so that's a great aspect of uh, doing any sales position. Um, I wanted to get into medical sales because I would say it's a pretty similar uh, position to residential real estate. 
Um, I think you do have to sit on a little bit more of, uh, you're on a little bit more of a time schedule. You have to sit in for different operation surgeries, um, you know, which can be very early in the morning. So that does change your schedule a little bit, but you still are on, you know, kind of, you're not at doing a nine to five uh, with medical sales and um, even some commercial real estate positions, depending on if you're a broker, or what you do. Um, can also be similar. So that's kind of what I wanted to do um, before I really got into residential this past year. Um, but I'd say for any sales position could be very rewarding. Um, the harder you work, you know, the more money you make. So that's a, that's a great aspect of it. Pretty much. Would you think that uh, residential real estate can be one of the more fulfilling options as far as sales go, just based on you know, the fact that you're helping people get into potentially their first home. I mean, it's pretty much the biggest purchase you can make in your life as far as I can think. So would you would you think that it's one of the more fulfilling, I guess, sales positions out there? I would say so. Yes, yes. You, I mean, you're you're helping someone, you know, basically make the biggest decision of their life. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of gratitude when you close when the day of closing with uh, with a family or something, you know, giving them a closing gift. It's a really good feeling because you know that you just changed, you know, the course of their life for the next, you know, five, 10, 15 years, however long the duration is they keep that home. Um, so that's definitely a really, really rewarding uh, aspect of residential real estate that I like personally. Um, so without a doubt, man. So I just have one more question for you, Austin. And this is how we end every episode. And it's basically, uh, you know, you said something like this earlier, but if you could give some advice to either new agents or agents who are struggling with the market conditions, whatever it might be, if you could give them a singular piece of advice, what would that be? We kind of got into it earlier. I'd say the biggest thing for a new agent is to just seek resources, seek out a mentor, seek out information online. Um, the biggest mistake I made when I first joined, um, while I was in school, so I was a little bit busy with other things, was not seeking information. I would drive around constantly showing clients homes, not really knowing how to narrow down their search criteria, not knowing how to get offers accepted. And I pretty much blamed it on myself and I blamed it on the market. I just, you know, accepted the fact that maybe the market's super, super strong. And, and you know, maybe I'm just, you know, not good at this yet. But as I started seeking out more resources, advice from mentors, advice from friends who are also real estate agents, that's when I started truly gaining success. Um, and I really think that's the biggest thing for, for a new agent is to not sit there and, and get upset with yourself because you're getting offers declined or, um, you know, because you're, you know, not making any money. You just need to work harder to, to figure out, you know, I need to do this instead, or I need to call, you know, this guy to, or this real estate agent for advice, um, you know, whenever I get in a bind. So um, I'd say that's the biggest thing. Seek out information. You can go on YouTube. You can go on Wikipedia, not, not Wikipedia. <laughs> you can go on different, uh, you know, sources online and, and search up pretty much anything about, you know, how to write a contract, how to do this, how to do that. So YouTube that's pretty much uh, baby. the best thing. Yep. <laughs> awesome man well that's great advice austin and um that's all i had for you man so i really appreciate you coming on today before i let you go did you want to plug anything social media or throw your phone number out there 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll give you my uh, my social media. So my Instagram handle is Homes by Hammer. Um, I think that's my Facebook uh, realtor page as well. Um, if you want to reach out for questions, advice, uh, buying, selling, you know, the usual, um, feel free to reach out. And uh, Paul, I appreciate you having me on here today. And I look forward to, uh, you know, continuing to do business with you. And, yeah, man, no uh, problem. 54, so. Absolutely. And I appreciate you uh, making time for it, my friend. So Awesome. awesome. Have a great rest of your day, boss. It's good Appreciate talking to you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. No problem. All right. That was Mr. Austin Hammer. I uh, appreciate having Austin on here. Like I said, he's the youngest person I've had on so far. So it was interesting to get a fresh perspective. Um, let's see. I don't think I said this up top. So I wanted to say Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, as far as resolutions go, for me, uh, I've got quite a bit. And one of them is getting a sponsor for this podcast. I still have to talk to. Um, you know, some of our office people behind the scenes and get that straightened out. But um, it looks promising. So let's put it that way. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. This is episode 19. Like I said, 20 is coming up next. Um, should be an interesting one. And as far as social media goes, as always, at The Real Estate Playbook, uh, website is www.therealestateplaybook.com. Um, is there anything else? No, I think that's pretty much it. As always, we're available Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, I think Amazon now, all the good stuff. All the big ones, you know what I mean? And um, that's it, guys. So if you have any questions, uh, comments, anything like that, make sure to leave them below or shoot us an email, and we will see you next week.